0: KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design & Remodeling. Helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design & Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at TrustYourHomeToUs.com.
1: Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, August 12th. Part two of a story we brought you yesterday on beagles being used in drug trials. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The CDC updated its COVID guidance. It was released yesterday and lifts the requirement to quarantine if exposed to the virus. It also de emphasizes screening people with no symptoms and updates COVID 19 protocols in schools, including removing the recommendation to test to stay at school after a potential exposure. It also brings the recommendations for unvaccinated people in line with people who are fully vaccinated. Health experts say the update isn't a huge overhaul of the existing guidance, but it does focus on people making their own decisions about their level of risk and what they want to do about it. And here in San Diego County, we are no longer in the high risk level for COVID. We're now at the medium risk level. That means the number of new cases in the county are decreasing. The county updated the number on COVID cases and deaths yesterday. There was an average of about 1,000 cases reported per day over the last seven days, and eight new deaths were reported. Monkeypox cases are increasing in San Diego County. As of yesterday, the current outbreak is seeing 121 cases in San Diego and 1,700 statewide. A majority of cases have been among gay and bisexual men, but officials want to be clear that anyone can become infected. Monkeypox can also cause painful rashes and sores and is spread through close contact. San Diego County health officials held a virtual monkeypox town hall yesterday to answer questions from community members. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more.
2: MCASD.org.
1: How does research on animals translate to treatments we use in human beings? In part two of this story, KPBS's Maya Tripolsi reports on the current state of science and the regulation when it comes to using animals in research.
3: Throughout history, animals have been used in research, playing a major role in the way we find safe treatments to ease human suffering and prolong our lives.
2: We're not rats. It's quite clear. But there are biological parallels in all and between species. I'm Tony Yaksch. I am professor in anesthesiology and pharmacology at the University of California, San Diego.
3: He says the COVID-19 vaccines are perfect examples of how animal trials paved the way for an urgently needed medication.
2: And that first injection in the arm did not occur just, well, let's just try the first person who wants to volunteer. A tremendous amount of work had been done with the animal models to in fact show that there was no adverse events.
3: But are animals the only option in the year 2022? A growing number of experts are saying no, especially when it comes to companion animals like dogs. In a statement to KPBS, the FDA says it's important to select an appropriate model for particular exploration, and sometimes the best model for a study is a dog. In San Diego, the issue has taken on a greater urgency. A San Diego-based pharmaceutical company, Crenetics, is currently using out-of-state lab Inotiv to test its new drug on 80 beagles. The Humane Society released undercover video of the testing and believes 32 of the dogs have already been euthanized. It is asking for the rest to be released for adoption at the end of the study this year. Both Crenetics and Inotiv issued statements to KPBS saying they are acting lawfully and ethically. Chronetics says it follows strict guidelines and requires its contractors to do the same. For those dogs that are still safe, are still alive, are still healthy, there is no regulation that prevents them from being adopted out. Dr. Aisha Akhtar is a neurologist and public health specialist who worked at the FDA for 10 years. She contends that animal testing is too unreliable and outdated to really give us answers. Despite the fact that the Food and Drug Administration will require all new drugs and vaccines to be tested on two different species before moving into human clinical trials, 90 to 95% of all the drugs and vaccines that pass all those animal tests that are found safe and effective in those animals end up not working or are unsafe once they get tried in humans.
2: Saying to 95% is misleading.
3: Dr. Joseph Garner is a professor of comparative medicine at Stanford University. He says the issue is more nuanced. The
2: vast majority of drugs entering human trials fail, but for, for other reasons. And I deeply believe that we can improve the translation of animal results into humans. But at the end of the day, there are just certain things that you have to do in animals, but we can reduce the number.
3: And Congress is poised to make it easier for the FDA to allow for more non-animal options. The FDA Modernization Act of 2021 aims to allow for more alternative methods like cell-based assays, organ chips, and computer models. I
2: was an early supporter of the provision.
0: Earl
3: Carter, a pharmacist and Republican congressman from Georgia, spoke in support of the act. We
2: can do better when it comes to preclinical test methods and apply
0: 21st century strategies that rely on human biology, not so much on
3: beagles. It passed the House in June and is now before the Senate. Back at UCSD, Dr. Yaksch says if there is a way to replace animal testing, pharmaceutical companies would be inclined to do it, especially from a financial standpoint.
2: Researchers, scientists, people in drug development, they're not stupid. If, the, if you can show a better way to develop a drug and a molecule to, to treat that patient, that SMA patient, that, that Huntington's Korea patient, that Alzheimer's patient, if you can show a better way to, to do it, Bring it on, because I I promise you, people will be beating your door
4: down. So we're just looking at an autopsy brain.
3: Dr. Lawrence Hansen is a board-certified pathologist and professor at the UC San Diego School of Medicine. But I need
4: to make it absolutely clear I'm not speaking for the UCSD School of Medicine. I'm just speaking for me.
3: Hansen, a member of several animal welfare groups, speaks from an ethical viewpoint. He protested against the use of dog testing at the university almost 20 years ago.
4: It seems particularly egregious to use dogs for animal research, for vivisection animal research, because dogs and humans have a history that goes back 15,000 years. We produced an animal that is hardwired to love us, and beagles are particularly easy to take advantage of.
3: Did you in your, your time as a student test on animals?
4: I didn't test on them. I did something worse than that is I uh, I killed two dogs. I killed one dog in a physiology lab when I was in medical school. And I tortured slowly to death another dog when I was in a surgery clerkship where they wanted us to practice surgical techniques on dogs. It's a karmic debt that I can't pay back.
3: As for the dogs that do make it out of labs and into families, what is clear is their capacity to forgive for whatever they may have endured in the name of helping humans. Maya Trabulsi.
5: You saved them.
3: KPBS News.
1: Casa de Amparo, or Home of Protection in San Marcos, serves foster youth ages 12 to 18 that have suffered childhood abuse. On Thursday, local leaders gathered to celebrate the opening of a new medical facility on the property.
4: We've always had on-site behavioral health services. The girls here receive daily one-on-one therapy and group sessions uh, throughout the day. Um, But accessing medical care has been an issue.
1: That was Michael Barnett, the CEO of Casa de Amparo. Before the new facility was opened, he said youth would need to travel to receive medical attention. He said leaving the property to go to medical appointments caused anxiety for the youth. He says the on-site facility will help build trust.
4: Telling them the doctor's right here on campus where you you know you're safe, and we just have to take a little walk up the hill and go to the clinic, that's a much lower barrier uh, for our girls, which means they go to the doctor, they follow the advice the doctor gives them, and that leads to better outcomes for all.
1: The facility will be run by TrueCare and offer a medical exam room mini lab and office space with an on-site physician and medical assistant. The San Diego Housing Commission is seeking partners to operate a so-called safe village where people experiencing homelessness would be allowed to camp. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen has more.
4: The Housing Commission this summer put out a call to social service providers interested in operating a safe village. The goal is to offer another option for unsheltered people who can't or don't want to stay in traditional shelters because they may lack privacy or perhaps they don't allow pets. Josh Coyne of the nonprofit Downtown San Diego Partnership says unsanctioned, unsafe villages exist today. What we're trying to do is move folks from those unsafe, unhealthy, unsanctioned kind of villages that folks have created and moving them more into traditional sanctioned uh, villages to receive the care and resources that they deserve. The deadline for service providers to declare interest in the safe village concept is Monday. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News.
1: Coming up, we have some weekend arts events for you. We'll have that next, just after the break. with some visual arts, a family-friendly movie screening, and the barrio art crawl. Angie Chandler is the creator of Culture Mapping San Diego, a cultural arts strategist and arts ambassador based in Southern California. She joined KPBS's Jade Hindman with all the details on this weekend's events.
0: So tomorrow is the second Saturday of the month, which means the Barrio Art Crawl is happening in Barrio Logan. Uh, Angie, tell us about what we can expect to see and do at this event.
5: Yeah, so the vibrancy of Logan Ave is pretty unmatched um, and the art crawl is a great chance to walk the whole strip and enjoy some gems. I'm looking forward to the Logan Ave Galleria because ice cream and art, yes, please. Um, Libelula Bookshop, which will be right at the end of the strip, um, is going to have all of your art book needs. And then if you're looking for some artisan-made apparel, I love Soloka, and open gym, which is home of Futurist Color, which is apparel with a purpose.
0: All right. And the Barrio Art Crawl is free and open to the public from noon to 8 p.m. The event is a free self-guided tour consisting of murals, open studios, galleries and local businesses throughout uh, the Barrio Logan Cultural District. So fun there. Uh, The Mean Museum in Balboa Park has a Mean After Dark event tomorrow night, Saturday in its
5: outdoor courtyard. It's a screening of the movie Coco. So tell us about that. It's been a year since the Menge reopened with a beautiful remodel. A centerpiece of their reopening has been building space for community to enjoy their gorgeous architecture and their collection via adult and family programming. So this After Dark series, which is featuring Coco, one of my favorite films, um, is gonna make great use of the patio with beautiful Bapola Park as a backdrop. Um, keep an eye out because they're rolling out lots of um, adult and family programming like this, but I think watching Coco with some popcorn and snacks outside side it's going to be amazing and again the mingay after dark screening of the movie coco is
0: saturday from 8 to 10 p.m in the courtyard of the mingay museum in balboa park tickets are five dollars for members eight dollars for non-members next we have entanglement a courtyard yarn art experience which is currently on display in the mixed grounds
5: coffee gallery Uh, what can you tell us about this show and the artist king Absolutely. I think a theme that we're exploring is people using their space for a lot of things in San Diego, uh, which is a common theme. So while Mixed Browns is a coffee shop, they've got a gallery on the side. And this artist, King, is a local queer artist, um, local to San Diego, native, and they're using yarn to tell these portrait stories that dig deeper into Black culture, Black history. So you're going to see everything from sneakers to portraits of Nipsey Hussle and other folks, but they're literally just yarn and nails but these vibrant colors come to life and these pieces will be up in the coffee shop gallery all month
0: and entanglement a cultural yarn art experience is on display now through september 8th at the mixed grounds coffee gallery the exhibit is free and open to the public gallery hours are monday through friday from 7 a.m to 2 p.m and sunday and saturday from 7 a.m to 2 30 p.m the address there 2920 imperial avenue in san diego And here's something that's closing soon. The Echoes of Africa exhibition is on display at the San Diego Central Library for another week. Why is this show one not to be missed?
5: One, the gallery has some of the best views of the city by far. So if there's no other reason to make it up there, get to the top floor of the Central Library downtown, see the views. But they've done something really special with this show in that these contemporary artists made work just for this show to go along with Mesa Colleges, World Culture's art collection. So to see these, I mean, decades and generations and centuries of work in conversation with each other is just a story and a tribute to the legacy of the African art and its traditions here in San Diego, as well as what the library is doing in terms of giving the space over to the many different communities we see here in San Diego. So it's a beautiful show, it's happening on the first floor and then the main part of the show will be upstairs in the gallery with those amazing views.
0: Definitely sounds like a must see. Echoes from Africa will be on display at the Downtown San Diego Library Gallery through August 20th. It's free and open to the public. Gallery hours are Monday and Tuesday from 1 to 7 p.m. and Wednesday through Saturday from noon to 5 p.m. You can find details on these and more arts events or sign up for our weekly arts newsletter at kpbs.org arts. I've been speaking with Angie Chandler, creator of Culture Mapping San Diego and a cultural arts strategist and arts ambassador based in Southern California. Angie, thank you so much for joining
5: us. It's been a pleasure, Jade. Thank you all for having me.
1: Have a great weekend. And that was KPBS Midday Edition host, Jade Heidman. That's it for the podcast today. The podcast is produced by KPBS senior producer Brooke Ruth and producer Emelyn Mohebi. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.